The Holy Gospel according to Luke in the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way they entered a village of Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. They went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. All right, so we're going to do a little refresher from last week, maybe even a little pop quiz kind of situation here. Don't be too scared. All right, so last week, if you remember, we left off with the story of the demon-possessed man, the guy from Gerasene called the Gerasene demoniac, who gets healed by Jesus, right? I want us to remember what happens at the very end of the story. What happens after he gets healed by Jesus? Does anybody remember? No, Kathy just says no. <laughs> yes. He was, yes, he was sent back home, right? What was he sent back home to do? Yes, good, tell the story. Very good, okay, some people were listening last week. And if you weren't, now you know, okay? <laughs> he was sent to go back home. He begs to go along with Jesus, but Jesus says, no, you have to return home and you have to share the good news there. Oh, and I have to believe that that was really, really challenging for him to hear. It might have even been more challenging than being possessed by all those 10,000 demons because it meant that he had to go back and face all of those people. And if we remember, those people are not super happy that Jesus is there. They ask him to leave. So he, this poor man from Gerasene, has to go back and face them. And there might be people who maybe they tried to do their best, but they ultimately didn't treat him the best either because we find the poor Gerasene demoniac chained up and alone out by the tombs. But those are the people that he needs to go back to. And first of all, we have to get to accept him as he is, a man healed of his demons by Jesus. And like you said, he has to go and share the good news with them, to tell them what God is about and what God has done for him. And honestly, if I'm the man from Gerasene, I would think that that would be pretty disappointing. 
Frankly, I think that the man from Gerasen doesn't receive from Jesus what he wants to hear, but just maybe he is receiving from Jesus what he needs to hear. And that made me think of that great line from the Rolling Stones song, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might find. Yes, okay, good. You guys at least know that answer. <laughs> All right, good. You get what you need. So in our gospel for this Sunday, we get two different stories about people who want one thing from Jesus, but receive something a little bit different. We first hear that we're coming to this time in the Gospel of Luke when Jesus is turning his face towards Jerusalem. He's marching on towards the crucifixion, towards a time of revilement by the Roman and Jewish leaders. Jesus has set his mind towards what will happen. And he's hoping that everything that he has taught the disciples will continue to spread. Oh, but those disciples, <laughs> those disciples are in a bit of a different mode. You see, just shortly before this passage, we get that great argument that they have about who is the greatest, right? And Jesus kind of scolds them for that. And now they're getting scolded because they have this brilliant idea. They say, okay, Jesus, well, those Samaritans didn't receive you. We don't really like them either. You know what would be good? Let's bring down a fireball from heaven and we'll just get rid of them all. Right? Sound like a good idea? <laughs> well, shockingly enough, they kind of forget that Jesus is not about vengeance. Jesus is about peace. And so Jesus says, no, okay, we're not going to do that one. We might laugh at that request from the fireballs coming from heaven, getting the axe from Jesus. But I wonder, what about when we really want something or want to do something? Something that maybe to us feels so valid or real or understandable or justified. What if we pray with all our might, but we find that Jesus is just not responding in the way that we hoped for? Jesus is unfortunately not going to smite our enemies, no matter how hard we pray. I'm sorry. But what about those other asks that we have for Jesus? Things like healing our loved ones or bringing peace and change to our world bringing justice that will benefit those in need. I know that there are so many cliches about praying out there and asking for what you need. Just a couple weeks ago, we had Jesus telling the disciples, you know, ask for whatever you need and you will receive it. But there do come these times when we ask for something from Jesus and it just doesn't seem to be happening. We know what we want, but we're not getting it. Or at least it isn't being answered in the way that we would have hoped for. And so I think we get on to the second part of our gospel. And it may at first seem puzzling because it's a group of people asking Jesus for something that seems quite genuine and fair. They want to follow Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. Seems justifiable. 
So let's look at what's actually happening here. Okay, so we have the first person. They said, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus. And Jesus responds with something cryptic again about animals having places to sleep, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So I think what Jesus is getting at here is that Jesus is marching towards Jerusalem. He's going to face suffering. And those who come with Jesus know that they will have to face that too. He'll have to suffer as Jesus suffers. And that's not for everybody. Then we get the second person. They want to go with Jesus, but first they need to bury their father. Also seems like a pretty fair thing to want to do. Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. Ooh, not the answer you want. And now I think this one is more of kind of a metaphor or analogy for Jesus's ministry overall. Jesus's ministry is about life, not death. And if you're following Jesus, you have to be the person who's sharing life, not death. And now the third one, I think, similarly has to do with much of the same. This person asks to say goodbye to everybody that they knew before they come and follow Jesus. And Jesus tells us this little story about a plow. He says, those who plow a field must look forward, not backwards, which, you know, I've never driven a plow, but having driven a car, that's good advice, you know. You've got to look ahead, right? The kingdom of God is coming ahead, so follow that. Now, these examples of what people want from Jesus are a little bit different from the disciples' desire for vengeance. But somehow what they want from Jesus is not what Jesus thinks that they need. And you know what? I bet that none of these people thought that that was going to be the answer for them that day. I bet they thought Jesus was going to say, yeah, come along with me. And so I don't think they got what they wanted. And I bet it took some time, too, to fully understand what Jesus meant by all of these cryptic messages and telling them not to come but to go back to their own communities. It took some time. So I wonder if you've ever thought about what it's like to have patience with God or with Jesus. And I'm going to confess that I'm probably not the person to teach you about that because I am incredibly impatient. I really love for the things that I've decided to happen to happen right away, right now, and preferably in the way that I have decided that they should happen. Yeah? Anybody feel similarly? Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, too, that I think it's a family trait. My youngest nephew is here for Vacation Bible School this week. His name is Corin. And now he's always had a little problem with patience as well. We've always told him, Corin, you just have to be patient. And then he'll respond, I'm waiting. Patiently. <laughs> Throws in that patient part at the end. Now, I bet those folks who asked if they could come along with Jesus and the man from Gerasene who was possessed by the demons were too pretty disappointed when Jesus didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. And I bet they felt pretty angry and annoyed 
and most definitely impatient. It probably felt pretty similar to what it is like to pray and to hope for something, to believe that Jesus will come in and whoosh, all those problems will be gone. But then to realize sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes the answer that Jesus gives is not what we expected in the moment. And sometimes it might not always feel like the best of news at a certain time. So how does Jesus give these people what they need, but maybe not what they want? So I think when they come to him, they're eager to go with Jesus, to move along from their old lives, to run away from Jesus, to run away not from Jesus, sorry, to run away with Jesus. But instead, Jesus sends them back to care for those in their own communities, to bring life to where there is death, to share the good news with those in need, and to look forward to what work lies ahead in the places where they are already planted. For them and for us, Jesus says the kingdom of God and the good news is already here. It's already present in their own lives, in their communities. And I think that's what they needed to hear. And ultimately, when the kingdom of God is concerned, that purpose is to know the good news for both yourself and to be able to share it with others. And that good news isn't just what you want to hear or that today is going to be a nice or beautiful or good day. It is far, far deeper than that. The good news is a reminder that everything that Jesus stood for is what Jesus wants for you. And that's life abundant. It's release from the demons that divide you. It is knowing that you have this community of people and that you won't be alone. And it is knowing that you are loved. And within all of that, it's knowing that even if Jesus isn't giving you the answer that you want or expect, sometimes you have to be patient with that. Because Jesus will give you what you need. And whether it is following him to Jerusalem or returning back home, what you need means that Jesus will go with you and the good news will go with you too. Amen.